Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. What a beautiful day it is to be alive in Christ. To be gathered together here as people in this beautiful creation that God has blessed us with. Today is Rally Day, what we affectionately call this day, our our kickoff to our fall ministry season. It's a day that we set aside to gather together as God's people after the summer chaos that often happens to us. And we refocus ourselves once again on this simple reality that we are alive in Christ. Take the two fingers on your right hand, your your pointer finger and your middle finger. Place them on the left side of your neck, would you? You feel something? Some of you don't know right and left, but that's all right. Do you feel something? What is that? It's your pulse, your heartbeat. It's a signal to you that you are alive. (laughs) Your heart is beating. You have life. Life is a good word. Life is a good word. Life is not a bad word. Life is a good word. On that same right hand, would you give yourself a thumbs up and repeat after me, life is a good word. Life is a good word. Good Word, good words. The Bible is full of good words. That's the name of this sermon series that we're going to be starting today and running for a number of weeks. Good words. The Bible is full of these good words, metaphors, imagery that describe to us the good news of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And so each week, we're going to take a look at a good word from the Bible. And today's good word is life. Life is a good word. Now, where do we get life from? Where does life come from? I'm looking for the Sunday school answer. (laughs) Life comes from God. All of life comes from God. God is the source of all life. You do not get to decide whether or not you have life. None of you got to vote with your mom and dad. (laughs) I don't think. You just simply were made and you were brought into this world. Life, therefore, is a gift to you. And if your parents gave you life, but all of life ultimately comes from our God who is the source and the giver of all life, that means that all good gifts come from the creator of life. All salvation comes from God. And all of life was originally designed by God to be good because life is a good word. God is the originator of life, physical life, spiritual life. All of life comes from God. In the Bible, when we study the concept of life, 
The Bible is fundamentally concerned with this reality. Life is all about communion with God. Life is about communion with God. God created his people and he desires to have a relationship with them, to be in perfect unity, perfect harmony, perfect communion. So life is about communion with God because God creates life. And there in the creation account, right at the beginning of your Bible, in the book of Genesis, we see that in the beginning, God created. And God created everything that exists. God created the earth. And then God filled the earth with vitality and life. Filling the earth with plants and animals and organisms and humanity. And humanity was given the responsibility of being God's image bearers in this world. Therefore, having two primary functions. Humanity was given the image of God to serve two primary functions. One, to populate the earth with more human life. And second of all, humanity was given the image of God to rule over the earth according to God's rule of life. So humanity was given the task to rule over the earth as God rules, according to his rules for life. It's what God created. It was life that was good. However, humanity took matters into their own hands and rebelled against God's rule for life thereby bringing death into the garden and death into the creation, which then set up this choice for humanity. Instead of simply living life in the fullness of God that provided to us, humanity now had a choice. Will you choose life or will you choose death? And this is the story throughout the Bible. In particular, in the Old Testament, we see over and over again that God's people had a choice. Are you going to choose to have communion with God and thereby have life? Or are you going to choose communion with idols? Not just little statues, if that's what you think an idol is. It's not just a little statue. It's anything that you put your hope in anything you put your trust in, anything that you bow down and worship and that you need? Do you choose communion with idols? Because if you do, you choose death. Life, communion with God. Death, communion with idols. Over and over again, we see that God's people in the Old Testament chose communion with idols, thereby leading to an exile from God's presence and death itself. Now, because God is the creator of life, we believe that God is the only one who totally understands how this life ought to function. Therefore, he is the only one who can save life. And that's why in the New Testament, we see the reality that God took matters into his own hands. And God took on flesh in the person and work of Jesus Christ for the primary function of bringing us back into communion with God 
the Father. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they know the only true God and Jesus Christ, his Son. This is eternal life, that you know God through Jesus Christ, his Son. Pastor Kevin read to us from Ephesians chapter 2 today. And in Ephesians chapter 2, it said this, that God is rich and merciful to us sinners. And that while we were yet still dead in our sin, Christ died for us and made us alive together with him. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world when we were dead. Sin leads to death. Communion with idols is sin, which leads to death. And God is so gracious and merciful that he came to us when we were obsessed with these things, leading ourselves to certain death. And he sent his son, Jesus, on a rescue mission to come and win us back from those things. When we were incapably dead, Christ died for us so that we can have life in his name. Now, because Christ lives, he has promised us a new life, a fresh life, a real, true, satisfactory life that comes only through him. And this is what Ephesians 2 says. Ephesians 2.10 said, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has prepared in advance for us so that we can walk in them. You were dead in sin. Christ made you alive. And now God has set you on a trajectory to live a good life, filled with good works. Not that you create, but that he created for you. All you got to do is simply walk in the way that he has prepared for you to live a good and whole and full life. The choice should be simple. It would seem. It would seem like we would want to choose life. And yet until the day that Christ returns and makes all things new, we're still faced with a bit of a choice, aren't we? A conundrum that you experience and that I do too. This ongoing struggle between walking in the newness of life that Christ has promised and guaranteed us and slipping back into that old life in the flesh which is one that just leads to death. And we know it. And yet we follow it all the time. Think about it like food. I like food. The grills are getting fired up. Awesome. I like food. So think about it like this. There are foods that satisfy momentarily, but do not fill you up in a healthy kind of way. Sometimes these foods are talked about as foods that have empty calories. Maybe you've heard this before. Empty calories, foods that have really no nutritional value. You can just kind of eat them and eat them. And they don't really do anything good for you. All they do is actually 
harm you if you continue to eat things that have empty calories. But I have to be honest with you, as I was writing this, these very sentences for this sermon, I was eating a big, fat, giant chocolate chip cookie. And it was good, momentarily. And then I ate the whole thing. And then I had a bit of a tummy ache. And then I just kind of got, you know, feeling lethargic. And then I was hungry again. So the cookie was kind of good in the moment, but if all I ate was cookies and cookies and cookies, I would not feel good, and I would be on the path to an unhealthy, unsatisfactory kind of life. It's just empty calories. Now, I think you understand that we do the same thing with life in general. We're constantly tempted to pursue things in life that are empty, empty calories. We chase after the old life of the flesh. We pursue momentary satisfaction. We are lured by the sweet aroma of power and pride and self-preservation. And eventually, if all we eat are these empty calories, these empty pursuits, we will live an unsatisfied, unhealthy, slow death. Physically, and spiritually. Now, my friends, I don't want you to die. <laughs> and I don't want you to live unhealthy, unsatisfactory, slow deaths. I don't want it for you. But even more than me not wanting it for you, Jesus doesn't want that to be your existence. And that's why Jesus came to give you life to the full. Life to the full. Jesus says we can have life and life to the full. Not empty calories, not empty bellies, but full ones, fullness, full life. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. He means it. Come to Jesus and you won't hunger. You won't be wanting for anything more. Jesus said in our gospel lesson today from John chapter 10, he said, the thieves and the robbers, they come to steal and kill, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Or as some other translations say, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is your good shepherd, he says. You're the sheep, okay? Bunch of sheep out here. Sheep are, offense be taken, sheep are dumb, okay? Sheep do stupid things without a shepherd. They walk off cliffs. They sometimes don't even eat, okay? We have real shepherds in this church. You can talk to them. I can point, point them out to you if you want, but sheep are no, no good on their own. They need a shepherd, and Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, Jesus says this, there are thieves and robbers that come and try to attack you, try to lure you away from the flock, try to offer you empty calories, try to offer you even a quick death, even though you're not aware of what's happening. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I willingly step out into harm's way and lay my life down for you, 
so that you don't have to deal with it, so you can have life. All you got to do is trust me, and you can have life. Stop taking matters into your own hands. Let me be your good shepherd. And Jesus says, I lay down my life for my sheep because I love them. And not only does he lay down his life, but he says, I lay down my life because I'm the one who has authority over life and death. And Jesus proves it when he dies for us on the cross and rises from the dead three days later. He has authority over life and death. And this is the way you receive the fullness of life is through Jesus Christ alone and his death and his resurrection for you. You can have fullness of life. In the last few years of ministry here at this church, I've personally been able to walk with a number of people who were far from Jesus, not believing in him, not knowing him, even wanting to stay fully away from him, and yet now they've come to this place, to these people, some of you sitting here this day, I'm, you know who you are. And I've had the opportunity to walk with them and lead them in this newness of life in Jesus Christ. And when I speak with them about this former life, they tell me that that former life without Jesus was empty. Everything was momentary. The satisfaction, the fulfillment, it was over and done with always seeking more and never finding it. But they tell me that now knowing Jesus, it feel, it's, a, it's a new life, a new existence, a new way of being. And in this life, there is fullness. And in this life, there is hope. In this fullness of life that Jesus has promised to you, you can always know. You can always know that you have life. You can always know that you have hope. You can always know that you have peace. This fullness of life, what we mean when we say that, Jesus is not just a nice idea that we only think about on Sunday mornings. Jesus is not just something that we talk about here at church, but the fullness of life in Jesus means that you recognize that Jesus is, is everywhere. And he's your everything. You can live a fully integrated life where your faith and your work and your love of Jesus and your sports and your academics and your neighborhood, it's all intertwined because Jesus is everywhere and in everything. This is what a fullness of life in Jesus looks like. And thereby, he's always giving you hope, always giving you peace, always shaping your identity and fulfilling your life with eternal purpose. This is what fullness of life in Jesus looks like. I don't know where you're at today, honestly. Some of you may be sitting here hearing me speak, and you might be saying, I, I get it, Pastor, but man, I'm feeling empty right now. I'm feeling empty. I'm feeling unsatisfied in life. I, I feel hungry. I, I want Jesus more, I think, but I don't know how to find him. I, I want to tell you what. 
If that's where you are today, simple invitation. Would you reach out to me? Or Pastor Kevin? Some of you know Marcus, our youth director, or many of these people that you're sitting around here today. Even more so if you want, I could probably get you connected with some of those people who lived a former life far from Jesus and have their lives drastically changed. You could hear it from them about what Jesus means and how to have that fullness of life in him. But if you're feeling unsatisfied in life or you're feeling empty, I want you to know this. You do not have to look far you do not have to look far to receive this fullness of life in Jesus. All you have to do is look to him and to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I need you to fill up my life. And he says, I will. So I encourage you to be people who seek after this fullness of life in Jesus, who desire it, who simply want to believe that it's real and thereby receive what Jesus promises. So open up the word. Pray. Praise. Give thanks. Gather together with people who will build the life of Jesus into you. And then also go and build life into other people. And you will see this fullness of Jesus opening up your eyes and opening up your heart and filling you with his life and his love today and tomorrow and the next day and next year until the life everlasting Jesus offers you life in him. Now, as a church here at Saints Peter and Paul, some of you have been around this place for a long time. Some of you, this is your very first time here. Some of you have been here a couple of weeks. The one thing that we want more than anything at this church is that people live alive in Christ. We want you to live as people who are alive in Christ. It is our primary pursuit and it is the reason for our being. We want you to live as people alive in Christ. As individuals, but also together as a church. We want to live together as one family of God. Here, some of you are joining us online from other places of the country. We want to walk together, though. We want to walk together as one body of Christ, living life in him. Last year, some of you were with us, and we studied the story, which was essentially walking through the Bible in chronological order. And when we did that, everybody in our ministry was literally on the same page of the Bible all year long. So in Sunday sermons, in Bible class, in our life groups, in our Sunday school, in our weekly podcast, everything was walking together through life. Now, we really like this simple focus and intentionality of a way to do ministry. Very focused and intentional. So this year, we're going to continue to keep our ministry in sync, uh, synced up. We, we want in everything we do to be, to be in sync, uh, moving together one, one by one. Pastor Kevin, I'm still preaching, man. Yeah, but Aaron, wait. What? I just want to make sure I'm hearing you right because I thought, I thought my ears heard you that you said something about in sync. I did and, mention, yeah. And I'm a big fan of karaoke, especially 90s boy bands. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Bye, 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 bye. Is that what you mean? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, no, but uh, I mean, I do have a thing for karaoke and 90s boy bands, but maybe we can talk about that tomorrow and not in front of all these people. Oh. 
Okay, right. sorry. Yeah, sure. but, well, no, that's well, not what we mean by that's not what I meant by in sync. What do you mean? Well, I thought I said it, but here I'll just tell you again. What it means is that we're going to do ministry in sync with one another. So what you do in your teaching and in your preaching and, and me and in Marcus and everywhere that we go through Sunday sermons and Bible class and life groups and Sunday school, we're going to be studying the same themes. We're going to be studying the same good words. We're going to be opening up to the same sections of the Bible. And so thereby living life together because life is a good word. Isn't that nice? I like that, yeah. All right, so why don't we say this together then to close things out, Kevin? We're going to do all of this, our ministry being in sync, because we are alive, alive in, in Christ. Christ. All right, amen. Amen. <laughs> At this time, 